Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to hour number one of the podcast. This is hour number two of the February 29th radio show. Thanks for listening. I'm Eric G. Now, on on hour two, we're going to talk a little bit about spring projects and getting stuff dialed in and making sure you plan things correctly. One little comment I wanted to make uh, that we just touched on a little bit at the end of the show that I just wanted to get into for a minute. Be careful out there with all of these, um, you know, coronavirus mask fears out there. There's a serious run on uh, masks out there. And, you know, something that's going to affect our construction trades coming forward. I think in the next couple weeks, you're going to see drywallers and people that are out working in granite shops that are wearing masks as a secondary device. You're going to see this stuff starting to shut down because people are running out of materials to uh, put on their face to protect the workers. So uh, be careful out there. Don't go making a run and ordering a dozen cases online, even though right now I know you can't because everybody's out of them. So be careful with the masks out there. And to be honest, if we're all relying on masks to get around because the virus is so bad, we're in a world of hurt anyway. So guys, don't just go out and start shaving your beards just yet. All right, everybody, let's get out to the show. you on the radio yeah you you gotta get on the radio welcome back to around the house with eric g this is where we talk home improvement every single weekend thanks for joining us here on our number two of the show I'm Eric G. I'm Dane Vodder. Man, uh, these times always go so quickly. I always <laughs> say that, but it's always a good time. Well, you know, we were talking this last uh, segment, hour one there, about, uh, you know, kind of my little rant about bad house flipping. One thing I want you to just be careful with out there, and we're going to talk about this on another show in more detail, but always use licensed, bonded, insured contractors when you're hiring people out there. Now, contractor laws vary drastically across the U.S., like here in Portland, our contractor laws in the state of Oregon are much more stringent than they are in even Washington state or in Illinois or Pennsylvania. You know, you get over to the East Coast and uh, where a lot of you listeners are as well, and you don't have state contracting license. It's all within the city. Well, for instance, in Oregon here in Portland where we're at, we have a state agency that does it, which is the Oregon CCV, which is the Construction Contractors Board. And you've got to take continuing education classes. You've got to actually do some stuff. There are requirements. There are requirements for that. So you have to kind of have some education stuff with that to keep that contractor's license. And so that's kind of interesting, as well as, uh, you know, the state has their own people that are out there chasing down illegal contractors. And so it's a little bit differently than um, maybe in other states where, you know, there's a nice mix across the board, but some it's just a city type license in the in the in maybe your state doesn't get involved in any of these contractor licenses overseeing but, any of it. Yeah, it's, there's they're just not going to manage that, um, 
which can be troublesome sometimes because you'll have one city with one set of rules, one city with another. Uh, but at least out here, it's kind of on a level playing field. Where it puts everybody on that level playing field. Yeah, absolutely. So at least, you know, the rules are the same so people know what's going on. Now, advantages, disadvantages is that if you don't hire somebody that's licensed, bonded, insured, and we've talked about this many times in the show, that if that person's up there, you know, cleaning the gutters and doing some roof repairs, guess what? Um, you're, now, you're now liable. You're now their medical person because uh, if they get paralyzed, I hope you like taking care of them because your insurance company, which you probably don't have enough insurance for anyway, is going to be taking care of that. So be really careful. And But it's interesting, though, for instance, here in Oregon, if someone is up on your roof cleaning it, they don't have to have a contractor's license because they're cleaning. Because they're cleaning. Okay. So, um, so that person could go up on the roof with a pressure washer, completely destroy your roof with that pressure washer because you shouldn't be up there with a high pressure pressure washer and blowing all the particulate off your shingled roof. But they don't have to have a license. So anyway, just a little tip out there. And in addition to my kind of rant about bad house flipping last segment. Well, and you'd also mentioned that it's just like um, that there's furthering education required when like here, at least in the in Oregon or parts of the Pacific Northwest, whereas you won't necessarily see that in other places. No, like here in the in the Northwest and especially in Oregon, uh, where we've got those continue education things. What I like about it is a lot of those are on water infiltration about around doors and windows. And it's about how to do the flashings correctly. And a lot of those things get covered in that, which I like because those are those high performance building applications. A lot of contractors aren't aware of the right way to house wrap, flash a window with flexible flashing and to do all that before you put the window in. And um, I see this on job sites around around the country when I'm traveling. I mean, I was down in front of David Applebaum's house <laughs> yep. and looking at the building across the street going, well, they sure didn't do the house wrap and the flashing right, did they? No, they didn't. There's, I, I, was, I think there's probably a way to save it without popping the windows back out again. But if I was the contractor, I would have had the windows popped back out and put it back in again because they were going to have a high potential for water leakage around the outside of those. And you don't want to see that. Well, so. and, and there's just so much, especially nowadays where you're looking in the last 20 years and how technology and how new things come about. How can you make sure that all of your new contractors all know what they're doing with new products? It's if tough. you don't have continuing education. Yeah, it's tough. And so, uh, you know, it, there's, and there's so many new technology things out there. I mean, we were just at the show this last weekend at the, the spring home and garden show here in Portland. And, um, you know, one of our sponsors of the show, Pyramid Heating and Cooling, is going into AeroSeal. And talk about killer technology for for taking a house and sealing it up. This is, uh, you go into a house, uh, you, they're going to use it for ducting, but you can use it for the whole house. And so you think about it as just that sprayed aerosol glue. It goes up into a fine mist, and they overpressurize the house. So when that air goes leaking out someplace, maybe it's through a, where the cable guy put the the cable connection in through the wall or or anywhere like that whenever that that air goes rushing outside and it leaks this stuff is like fix a flat it literally stops it up and then when you uh when you turn the air system off then guess what the house is 100 percent sealed up like that all those little cracks are filled up 
It fills up that negative space. Well, yeah, any of those air leaks, it stops it. So now you've got a perfectly sealed house. You know, so there's so many of these new technologies coming out as far as is healthy homes and sealing up homes and energy efficient stuff that I just want to make sure that, that you've got the right contractor you're picking out there, especially with installation of windows and doors. Make sure that they're doing that correctly. And uh, there's a lot of things you can go over to. Uh, even Lowe's Pros has a good video that my buddy Ty did with Matt over there. I'll post it up on Facebook. It's a good one for, for the right way to do windows and doors. But these are things that even as a homeowner, if you're hiring somebody to do it, I want you to make sure that you know the process to make sure that your contractor you hired is doing it correctly. There's a lot of guys out there that knock it out of the park that do it great. There's a lot of guys out there that think they know what they're doing. And uh, I've watched them and they clearly don't. So I just want you to make sure out there that you've got the right people doing the right job. Well, this segment I wanted to dive in because this is an interesting one. You know, spring projects. I've got my own at my house. Yeah. You know, I mean, when we get out of the studio here, I'm going to go home because tomorrow's garbage day. I've got a massive pile of limbs and brush in my front yard right now. It's uh, it's really that time of year where we're in that transition, starting to get to spring, starting to warm back up, where you're going to want to tackle these projects now because you're not going to want to do it on the days where it's gorgeous. You're going to have people. Uh, people uh, you're going to go fishing. You're going to want to do something. Go hang at the lake. You're going to go out and do stuff. You know, get it done, done now. Get it done now. But so here's the thing. It's, it's like every home improvement project. Planning is the key to success with this. And I say that because, for instance, my backyard, I've got to do a bunch of stuff to it. My my house, which we've talked about on the show, 1970s contemporary here in, in outside of Portland, and they didn't have a lot of care. It was there was homeowners was that were in there for 30 years, and then it got bought and turned into a rental. And all of the the nice things they did were completely overgrown with ivy, with you know, it just was neglected. The no renters ever, weren't doing them the upkeep. No, right? nobody was. Nobody was. Out-of-state owners. So, I mean, oh, so things They got, weren't even around. Nobody okay. was there to see it. So, you know, we're finding a lot of treasures. But long story short, I've got fence to do. I've got all these different things I want to do to that place. But what's the order of doing it? And that's where the key is, is getting that, getting that key. Because I, I tell you what, if you go in, for, for instance, my house, if I go put the fence up, Awesome, great. And now I gotta haul in topsoil. Yeah. Well, guess what? <laughs> if I didn't leave a place for access into that where I could take a dump trailer and dump that in, I'm in trouble. Yeah. I didn't leave the room to do that. And uh I haven't done specifically, even though we moved in over Christmas, I haven't done much out on the yard side for a couple of reasons. Once I want to do a nice Greenworks power tool shoot here coming up because I got some new stuff that showed up last week, which I'm looking forward hey to. Now. Power tools. But more importantly, I wanted to watch and see how these spring rains occurred because I'm on a little bit of a hill in the backyard and I want to make sure that I'm not creating drainage issues. Yeah, and see where it goes naturally. I, yeah, I mean, there's there's things that happen to my yard already that I'm like, oh, hadn't thought of that. So now I'm watching where water goes. I've got some drainage things on my front driveway that I need to, to, to upgrade because I'm going to fill my garage up if I'm not careful. So these are things that I really want you to pay attention to know your property it's just like when you're renovating a basement i say i want you to go through a couple seasons of knowing what's happening out there to understand before you go cover everything up with drywall know your property and more importantly know what you're doing on this and come up with that comprehensive plan before you do anything and that's what we're going to talk about you start in that plan and we'll do that here just as soon as around the house returns I can get you a Jennifer Lopez 
Talk Home Improvement every weekend. Thanks for joining us. I'm Eric G. I'm Dane Vodder. Hey, we want to hear from you. Any project that you're working on, any questions you may have, give us a call here in the studio. This is uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Anytime that you have a question, we are available. Our number here in the studio, 971-233-8992. I want to see those questions out there because I know you're working on projects. We're coming into those spring projects like we're talking about now. We're here to help you, so feel free to do that, and uh, we'll put you on the show, and uh, that way you and your friends can hear it, and every time you do that, you're helping somebody else with that same question. Absolutely. Well, and a lot of people do like to reach out to us on Facebook, which we love. We want to be available for you in any way possible. Yeah. We also want to do something for you. We want to get you on the radio. We want to we want to have you hear your voice on the air, so give Absolutely. us a call. Absolutely. So, you know, we've been talking about spring projects and planning ahead, and these are one of the things that I want you to have a multi-stage plan for what you're going to do. And before you go out and just tackle a project, I want to make sure that you know that you're getting it in the right order. Because so many times, and, and I'm the same, I've done this before where I've had, I, I hate doing things twice. So like for me, um, I want to make sure that I've got the dogs in a cool space. I have that side dog run that I built that's got a lot of nice area with artificial turf. It's enclosed, area. you know, and that. But, Still, if we're out working in the yard, it's nice to have the dogs out there. So our next step is going to be building the fence. Well, I need to give multiple access points to my backyard. I'm going to be bringing in dirt. I'm going to be bringing in sod. I'm going to be hauling stuff out. If I get a hot tub one day, I want to make sure that that um, I've got a place that will easily take it back there. So now I need to think about how where do I put my gates in and where do I put those where I have the easiest access Maybe I want to put a RV back there one day to park. I don't want to have in the front yard. I want to have, where do I put that? So these larger pieces like that of how you're going to do your yard need to be attacked early. If you're on that corner lot, are you putting in a side fence? You know, do you have an alley out back that you have to have access through? Make sure that you've got access to everything you need to. And here's another thing that gets forgotten a lot. And I've seen people get burned on this. If you have maybe that back fence line that's shared with the neighbor behind you and you've got the utility poles running down that, you're supposed to leave access. If you've got a pole in your backyard, you're supposed to leave access for a truck to get back there. So it's technically, I think, a public easement because it's public public utilities. They need to have access to that to replace the pole one day. So are you building, landscaping? I mean, for instance, my brother had an old house in Yakima where he had the pole in the backyard where they literally couldn't get it because sometime in the 30s or 40s, they put the little garage on the back and made it so you couldn't drive around to the back of the house through his. So he had to go through the neighbor on the other side. 
But you just want to make sure that you're not cutting access off because if they have to come in and you have to tear out a whole bunch of landscaping or cut down a tree or take out your favorite raised flower beds because you didn't give them access, that can be a problem. Well, and you're paying for that. Like, that's all falls on you. And yeah. Even if you didn't put it there, and but you now own that property, you now have to, you, ha- you have no choice. You yeah. have to take care of that. It's going to come out of your pocket. See, mine's over. It's not even on my property, so I've got overhead lines coming over. So for me, it's not that big a deal. But again, tree one trimming of those things, mainly, I would think. Yeah, for, for me, is tree trimming, no question. And and I've got some big trees. <laughs> yes, you do. So I want to make sure that I've got it where somebody can get in there with a crane or or a or a boom truck and have access to that, which is, which is its own challenges. But these are things that I want you to do before you get into sprinkler system design and all these other things. Well, if you're doing sprinkler system design, if you're going to leave a space for somebody to drive in. Are you putting your sprinkler lines low enough that you can actually drive across there without busting them? If you're just putting them down 8 or 10 inches below grade, drive across with a big two-ton truck, yeah, you might break those lines down there. So again, what are you doing to make sure that you've got those things corrected? And then really after that is once you get that stuff figured out, before you even put that fence up, is your grading correct around your house? When you're dealing with those outside projects, do you have the land sloping to your foundation? I mean, I was commenting on uh, earlier this week, a comment on one of the Facebook uh, groups out there. They were in Texas. They had this hard clay soil Mm -hmm. and they had water up against their foundation out seven or eight feet out because that was the low point. And I'm like, man, you need to regrade whether you're going to put a retaining wall out there or whatever, make sure that you're getting that water going away from the house. And just like I say with people with gutters, these are things that I want you to do early on in the process. If you have gutters and, you know, if you're in Bend, Oregon or other places like that, probably not just because of the amount of snow is going to rip those things to shreds. But the common thing is, is if you're in a rainy area, make sure that you've got those gutters going into a storm drain system. And I want to see that going 16 to 24 feet away from the house. Those are those things within that exterior that I want you to make sure that you're grading correctly and you've got all that water taken care of. Now, my house, I've got a few issues. I've got one uh, one gutter that's draining slow into the ground into my storm drain system. So if I get a heavy, heavy rain, it can't handle it. So that means, okay, I need to get in there and uh, do what you should be doing about every five years, which is going in there with a and cleaning out that gutter storm drain system where that goes into the ground. Make sure you get in there. Maybe it's a snake. Maybe it's a water jet. Whatever you're doing to get that cleaned up. I clearly have some pine needles or something that's got that one jamming up. up the system. There. Yeah, I need to get that thing cleaned up. But that's some of the stuff. I don't want to go put in a brand new yard and then realize I've got drainage issues and I have to go through and tear a bunch of stuff up because it's going the wrong way. So. First off, if you've got the money and you're doing a big project, I'd spend the time and have a a landscape designer actually design out your space so you have a plan on paper and then think about what needs to go first so you have access to it. That way you can have access into it. You're not doing things twice. Before you put the lawn in, you want to make sure you're running electrical to all the places that are going Mm -hmm. out there. If you've got lights. Outdoor lighting. Yep. Uh, Outdoor kitchen maybe someday. Do you have gas and water and everything going out there? All these things need to be, you, just like you're building a house, you need to get those foundational things done first before you worry about what paint's going on the drywall. Make sure you've got all the things run so you're doing it right. And more importantly, you're doing it once. And if you go that route, you're going to be in a much better position because now you're doing it once, you're doing it right, and oh man, you're not throwing stuff away. I can't tell you how many times I've done stuff like that when I was a lot younger. 
the amount of waste. Got yeah, got out of order. You know, built the fence up, made a couple little things, and then went. Oh man, I should have put up against the neighbor's back fence because I had an alleyway back there and uh, a gate to get us in there. We'll talk about more of that just as soon as around the house returns. And, uh, man, we're on just about every social media out there that you can find. I'm even over on LinkedIn, so you can check me out over there. But uh, we try to be pretty active with that. So if you like, follow us and make sure you head over to Around the House Nation. That's where we've got uh, a place for you to share these spring projects you're working on. Love to see what you got going on. So there's a lot of cool stuff over there. And you'll have a lot of cool people uh, commenting and liking and following and maybe even giving you suggestions if you're looking for them. Might even be, uh, as uh, no, we mentioned in the first hour, might even be a name you recognize. Oh, yeah. Could be somebody out there that you've maybe seen on TV and uh, or just uh, maybe read an Architectural Digest. You just don't know who might comment on that. So uh, feel free to jump in. Hey, I wanted to give, uh, before we jump into the rest of the spring projects, I wanted to give one of my little electrical tips that kind of ties into this whole subject. One thing when you're thinking about outdoor lights in these spring projects, like I'm going to be tackling this at my house. One of the outdoor things I really want you to think about is controlling outdoor light. You can really have, um, and we've got a neighbor that's got really nice lighting, but the problem is, is that I think is they're putting too much light pollution in the air. Okay. So, I mean, when I can see their outdoor lighting, is glowing through my light darkening shades at night. It's a little much. For 24-7, that's a lot. So think about the amount of light pollution you're coming out. Now, in some areas uh, that have design standards, they're controlling that already. Um, I've been to design review committee meetings where they're like, nope, you need to have a shade over the top of that light so it's a down light outside. I would also think like homeowners associations would also probably maybe have a have a control depending on, on which ones. I mean, there's some that are super controlling, and there's some that uh, you know it's hard to get the meth head out of the corner lot. You know, yes. So it's depending on which one you're talking about. But here's the thing with all of this, with lighting, especially when you're thinking outside lighting. Like if you're going to put up the really cool outdoor string lights of LEDs like I'm working on at my house, Mm -hmm. they're really cool, but you just need to think about it. So what you can do, though, is you can put now controllable outlets. You can run with Bluetooth. You can turn around and say, okay, I want this to come on in the morning when I get up because I like looking in my backyard and see it when I'm having breakfast. But it turns off when you go to work or it's on when you're at home. And then when you go to bed, that when you hit your good night setting on your phone, for your uh, lighting, you can turn around and actually turn that off. So think about lighting controls 
for those outdoor lights. That way, one, you don't have to just keep plugging it in, but two, it's going to save you energy. And three, man, it's going to make the sky look a little bit better tonight at night if we can all control a little bit of that light outside. Now, what, what are your thoughts on solar outdoor lighting? You know, I've got one in the dog area that I didn't want to run lighting and run a switch over to because uh, it's just, I think I bought that at Home Depot or on Amazon or mm-hmm. something. And it's a solar panel with uh, three little panels for outside light. It took a while for it this time of year in the shade kind of to, to, to spool up, but it works great. Dogs go out to do their business outside in the little pet area out there that we've got, and uh, it, it lights things up and works really well. Um, is it super awesome? Yeah, I don't, I'm not a big fan of like the solar lights going down the side of the walkway. For those kind of things, I want to do a really nice system where I've got wiring, I've got lighting controls. Uh, those tend to be really kind of wasteful because about a year down the road, many times you see those not working in people's front yards and then the light trash can just doesn't last as long as you think the technology, not the technology, but the equipment itself where it just doesn't last. You know, I just haven't seen a lot of those last. And so I would much rather have um, a wired system with a full landscape plan where I've got, you know, up lighting for my trees and walkway lights that are, that are good and the, the stuff I used. I did a segment a few years ago with uh, Morgan Day, Oregon. I used the WAC lighting. And I mean, it is, I can adjust um, the beam of the light coming out of it. I mean, there's so many adjustments. So if you, that's one of the things you got to think about when you're dealing with landscape lighting is that when you put those lights in, you need to make sure that that tree is going to grow, that bush is going to grow. So how you're lighting it is going to change. So you want to make sure you have a light that's adjustable to that, you know, so you can bring the beam in or make it more of a flood or, or adjust the wattage. These are things that are really good for you to be able to dial things in and make them look good. And depending on where the branches are, you might need one, two, three, four lights to get things well lit. So food for thought out there when you're thinking electrical tips, you know, we've been talking spring projects and Again, I'm trying to do a lot of stuff on mine with the planning side of things because... <laughs> well, you're in your first two months in a house, so you've I got am. all sorts of stuff you want to do. And I've got a, a really cool kind of uh, blank canvas with it. But, you know, I'm trying to think of all my utilities where I want to be. You know, okay. Um, not so worried about the hot tub because when I when I do that one of these days... Um, I want to make sure I got the power run the right way, but it's not going to be out away from the house. That's at a spot where I have to put it out in the middle of the yard or something where I have to run. So it's going to be close to the house off the deck. So that's an easy one, but running the wiring won't be too difficult. No, 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 no. That's, that's not going to, that's not going to require me doing something here where I'm going to be actually, you know, digging trenches through newly placed grass. But when it comes down to it, you know, I think my first thing is going to be to have my trees trimmed up a little bit and get the dead branches taken out of those, out of all those trees, which is a lot. Then I can go through. It's going to be yard prep. Then I'm going to be doing I'll do part of the fence that I I don't have to worry about access to. But I think towards the end, I'll get the fence done. But again, gas line to my fire pit. All these things need to be run first. So these are all things that I want you to plan ahead and then start building out. You know, okay, where's your flower beds going to be? Where's your transition between that grass and the rock or the grass and the bark and those kind of things? So, you know, one step at a time, but really plan it out. Make sure you you're, you know where the deck is going. And then once you kind of have the idea of where the flower beds are, and that's the time that if you're doing underground irrigation, that you need to probably start roughing Running that lines. Because you don't want to do that after the fact and and make sure you do a nice sprinkler plan for this whole thing, because 
there's an art to designing out a sprinkler system. You don't just put a bunch of stuff on there. You want to make sure that you're watering equally across there so you don't have that dry section in the, and then the, the area that's pooling up water. So this is another one of those things that uh, you get in with the right professional. It's got the right program. You take your dimensions in and uh, map your stuff out. Let them design it out. I used to design sprinkler systems. Sheesh. 90s. Oh, wow. Uh, back in, you know, going to college, I, I was designing these things out. So there's a lot of details with it. And you want to make sure you got the system and uh, make sure you got technology. Because here's the thing, too. It's come a long ways in just the last decade. It has. But here's the cool thing with this. And and make sure you got Wi-Fi going out to places, too. Make sure you've got in your project planning that Wi-Fi is there. Because if you got the Wi-Fi there, you're going to be good because... Maybe your smart TV you're going to put outside in your outdoor kitchen you need to have Wi-Fi for. Maybe, and here's more importantly, maybe you've got a, a smart controller that's out in the shed for your sprinkler system you need to have Wi-Fi out there for. So these are things that I really need for you to think about. Maybe you need to put a range extender with an outlet out in the shed to get that out there or outside the house someplace. So it's an easy fix, though. That's it not, is it's not too difficult to do. Oh, it's so much easier than it is now. But just take those things into account, because uh, especially with smart home devices, you know, I, I had to break down and buy the little pods that I could put around and create kind of a network inside the house. So my security cameras can run correctly and all these other things. So if you think ahead and plan ahead, it's going to, you know, put you in a much better spot. That's the key to all this. And with the planning side of things, too, it's going to save you money. Um, I've got, uh, man, I've got this front uh, covered walkway I'm going to do. I'm going to do this mid-century wa walkway at my house, which I've got to draw out and get, uh, get all the plans done here. But these are things that I'm going to be running electrical to. I'm going to be running irrigation over to, uh, to, to do this little garden area over there. So, again... Might even talk to the guys over at the wall and do a little retaining wall because we're going to flatten some stuff out in the front. So I've got a lot of little projects going. But um, speaking of them, we're uh, looking to have them up back on the show here dude, uh, in the near future. We've got a lot of people coming. We do. We got some power tools. We've got some furniture making. Woodworking. Yep. All those different things. So we've got a lot of great stuff coming up that I want you to uh, stay tuned for. This is going to be a fun year of the show coming up the next few months we got some big people we're going to be bringing on here and then uh, who knows if i'm talking in a few days uh, actually a few weeks here when i'm out in the philadelphia market out there and uh, i'll be up in Reading, pennsylvania all you people at weeu i'm coming to town so <laughs> come say be hi Be ready i'll be uh on the radio in the morning on uh, march 12th so make sure you're catching out on that and i'll be at the ideas show on march 11th at king of prussia all right, we come back. Let's wrap some of this stuff up. We'll do it just as soon as Around the House returns.
Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G. This is where we talk home improvement every single weekend. I'm Eric G. I'm Dane Vodder. Hey, we want to hear from you here in the studio. Give us a call uh, all week long. Doesn't matter when you're listening to us. We'd love to hear from you. 971-233-8992. All right. Well, let's talk about the news of the week and the news of the month, yeah. news of the year so far. You know, we're hearing a bunch about the whole coronavirus thing going around the country, going around the world. You know, it hasn't really hit us in the U.S. yet, but I just want to say out there that, uh, you know, I always talk about being prepared for disaster, being prepared for, you know, earthquake, tornado, hurricane, any kind of a natural disaster like that to be ready for, you know. Do you have your food supplies ready? I mean, I've got mine. Do you have your water supply where you've got drinkable water for a week or two? You know, do you have all that stuff ready? Um, I would say the same things for this apply. Make sure that you're ready, because I'll be honest, if you're in an area where that virus is going through and people are catching it, you might just be better staying home. Yeah. You know, and, and not going out in public. So are you ready to do that without having to go into the grocery store or or uh, do a that large kind of stuff? populated space? Yeah. Just to, to be able to, to reduce your risk. And we're definitely not at that point now, but we really don't know how it's going to go out there. Better be safe than sorry. It is. Do you have the right masks? You know, if you do Wait, have a... Sorry, sorry. There are. Is there a mask that will actually help keep you safe from the coronavirus? There are. There are masks out there. Okay. So if you Good see what they're using... Um, what the, what you see them using, like the uh, CDC is using when they go into places, make sure you've got the right mask. I'm not going to tell you. Do your research. I have my brand at home, which I've already had anyway, just for my natural disaster kit. It will work for this. So here's the problem, though. There have been some severe shortages of those masks in the marketplace. Now that this is kind of hit. Well, where did they? Where are a lot of those masks made? Oh, in well, China, China, where the outbreak started. Where have they been back ordering those things from? Uh, China. Yeah. So. That's one of the things that you're going to start seeing, know. you know, you're going to start seeing shortages of these kinds of things. So, um, you know, it wouldn't be bad to have it might be a little late to actually add those to your uh, collection right now. But uh, maybe in the future might be something to think about, um, you know, because you're going to see government starting to hoard these things and you're going to see people not be able to buy things that they want to buy like that which is which is kind of troubling because those can be used for home improvement projects as well mm -hmm. and so make sure that you've got the right safety gear out there for all of that because um you know if you're out there doing a bunch of spraying and painting and stuff and you've got the right mask for that that also might be the right mask for uh watching out for a virus so you know again common sense wash your hands do that normal stuff you know cdc has all their rules on that stuff but i just kind of want to address it that might be a good idea you know i mean jewel and i were thinking about doing a bunch of uh traveling on vacations this year uh for our birthdays and stuff and um you know we might be one of those those that uh, stay a little closer to home and uh after watching some of these cruise ship stuff that yeah. quite frankly i don't want to get caught on a cruise ship for for a month you know and that kind of stuff. So uh, I think a little common sense goes a long way. Not to strike fear to anybody, but uh, no. be a little prepared. Make sure that you're washing things correctly. Now, just for any vi virus, I mean, is there something that you should look for on a label of one of these masks to, to, to know that this would keep you safe in that scenario? Yeah. yeah I mean, you want to look at uh, I, I, what I want. What I look for is I look for more medical type masks for that. OK. You know, um, there are I would go over to 3M, take a look at what they've got. There's a lot of different options for you. 
So I don't want to just say go out and no, buy this mask. Um, and again, a mask that I'm going to buy for my beard is going to be completely different than maybe somebody else buys. So, but go in there, take a look. Um, you know, head over to 3M. They're they're one of the big. There's a lot of different companies. At least out give there. give you an idea what you're Correct. looking at. I've got a couple different ones out there, but uh, I don't want to be the resource for that because uh, there's so many different options out there. I'm not going to pretend to be the full-on mask expert of go buy this one, uh, but I know that um, some people are trying to buy a few of them that I know, and uh, those did not ship because of that. So uh, they were. Uh, Ordered, they thought they had shipped, and they got the note saying, ah, the government has taken these masks, and they will not be showing up on your order. And the order was canceled. So keep in mind out there, maybe your little hardware store might have some on the shelf. Might be time to grab some of those things. And just put it in the collection of good things like that for you. So, all right. Well, man, where's the time gone? It's over. Crazy, it's over. I'm Eric G. I'm Dane Vodder. And you've been listening to Around the House. Around the House with Eric G is produced by, designed by Eric G in association with Salem Media and distributed nationally by the Sun Broadcast Group. All rights reserved. Copyright 2020 designed by Eric G. We will be back next week. If you missed part of the show, check out the podcast of all of our shows at aroundthehouseonline.com. Remember, measure with a micrometer, mark with caulk, and cut with an axe. Thanks for listening to Around the House. We have some exciting news about the Around the House podcast. Do you want to be an Around the House insider? Our premium membership gives you early access to the weekend podcast, exclusive access to our back catalog of shows, special email access to me, Eric G., with your own home improvement questions with a priority email address, plus exclusive new shows and extended content. Click down into the podcast show notes for the link to the Around the House insider membership for less than the price of a beer at happy hour. Join me for this limited amount of exclusive members. And thanks for listening to Around the House.